0: Folks, welcome to another episode of Borderland Sports Report. We are joined here by Coach Rodney Lewis and Coach Eric Weaver of Chapin High School, boys and girls basketball coaches respective, respectively. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you for joining us here.
1: Thank you. Our pleasure. Yes, sir.
0: So, Coach, you guys both were our Borderland Sports Reports' Coaches of the Year. So as a program, what does that say for what you guys are doing there at Chapin?
2: Um, we're just getting started. So for us, um, we've been working together so long that we feel like this is where we're supposed to be. Um, and then you just add um, the icing on the cake is that is a Northeast school, and we get to do what we need to do here for our Northeast community. So we, we take great pleasure in to try to, um, build our community up, build our kids up, build our school up. And so I wouldn't, you know, uh, the person next to me is the person that should be next to me, and we, we
0: appreciate doing what we're doing every day. Good deal. So you guys talk a lot about the personal relationship that you have outside of sports. How has that played into the success that both the programs have had there at Chapin? Well, I mean,
1: anytime you have positive relationships within leadership, it, it trickles down to whoever you're coaching and people see that they see that love, they see that camaraderie and they understand that when you speak to them about, you know, things that you're passionate about and the things that we feel like have value in, in, in coaching and in life, um, it has weight and people can, can grab a hold of that and take it as truth and, and believe in it and believe in each other. And the way we believe in each other is the way we would hope that the, the teams that we coach believe in each other as well. So If they if they can see the example and we live it every day and then they're able to, you know, apply that to what it is their situation and take that moving forward and and apply that to their their families and the teams that they're going to be part of, you know, for through the rest of their lives. And that's what it's all about. We're just we're just that example for them
0: every day. Nice. Now, both of you guys really have young teams. Um, So the future looks really bright there and just from the outside looking in, It looks like Chapin's prime to really, in my opinion, reach where they should have been in El Paso from the beginning. Um, When they built that school, one of the first things that I said was that school should be a powerhouse based off of where it's at, um, the location in the city, and just where they can pull from as far as talent wise. So as so it's taken this long, but you two have Taking this program to where I think it should have been in the very beginning and so the next steps really are how do you now progress and matriculate into playoffs and um, I, I think you guys have done a great job in building that foundation so what's next the next step for you guys as far as that matriculation process
2: for us, um, coming off the, the Sweet 16 loss, and to see um, how um, the team Mansfield Summit um, played the game for four quarters, and, and, and the, the the constant pressure, the constant running, and jumping, and the, the conditioning, the strength, um, just the desire—it's—it's—it makes you as a coach. And as a team, have to go back to the drawing board and figure out what do we need to do here, um, and our practices and our preparation and our workouts to get us to that level to play at that level. Because from the Sweet, Sweet 16 on, that's the kind of game you're going to see. Um, of course, we don't see see that day in and day out here um, because there's a disparity in, in in the in the levels, but. We have to we have to do our best to to uh, work work harder than we ever worked before and just be consistent no matter who we're playing in the way we play the game. Um, so we for us, for the boys, we're back to the drawing board, more weights, you know, vertimax more conditioning. And then when we play games we're not gonna look at scoreboards no more, we're gonna look at effort. And um, hopefully that prepares us to be a lot better in the, the situation that we put ourselves in as a coach um, i should have been better with well, my team should have been better prepared but until you see it you really don't yeah. know what you're seeing and yep. and film doesn't show you how intense yeah. players play it shows you plays it shows you tendencies it doesn't show you that constant that constant pressure until you see it live And we were unprepared and that's and that goes that falls back on the coach and we talk about it all the time so for for him and i if nobody else is willing to help us prepare we're willing to help each other do the best we can to prepare yeah on the girls side we're lucky in that
1: our region is so loaded with high level teams the team that comes out of region one is typically a team that can expect to potentially win a state championship and then Compounding that for us us here in El Paso, when we play an area-round game, we are playing state title contenders. We're playing regional champions and, and teams that can win this whole thing. So this year specifically told me and I think, hopefully, all the other teams here in El Paso on the girls' side that plan on competing at a high level that we are closer than everyone might believe that we are. But um, to get back to that work and how do we you know get over that hump, it's the next day. It's the next day of work. It's continuing to raise the bar for your expectation level, for your intensity, and the way you go about it every day. Um, and then taking those lessons that we've learned, the the hard lessons that you learn when you when you lose games. Um, you know, life is a life is a game of losses, and you get to enjoy wins every once in a while. So, how do you take losses? How do you take those learning, you know, situations and and apply them to how you're going to be better moving forward? And then creating a consistent atmosphere where the expectation level is always raised, um, but again, supporting their work at the same time, allowing them to fail and build them up within that process every single day. And as you do that day to day, it becomes a it becomes part of who you are. And then yeah. when you have that edge on a consistent basis before you know it, you're performing at that level on a consistent basis. Why? Because it's just what you do every day. So we were fortunate enough to be able to build that kind of atmosphere over at Anders with the boys a few years ago and now we're attempting to do the exact same thing again just within both sports for the boys and the girls now we're able to affect the entire gym at all times so that's the that's the work it's day to day it's every day consistency
0: definitely and you brought up andrus and and that's another northeast school that for years has been really the 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 barometer and the, the the standard for el paso as far as taking teams and really matriculating down the the, through the playoffs. And you guys were an integral part of that. And so now coming to Chapin and. Bringing that same atmosphere and creating a second standard barrier in the city is huge in my opinion. And so as you. build Chapin and making it that standard barrier on both sides, boys and girls with. Andrus in the corner looking over there like we ain't ready to give up this mantle yet like those games have to be intense regardless well, to which all's records are
1: the records go out the window that's northeast that's a pride thing these are kids that have all grown up together and battled together you know in middle school um since they were little people you know from the beginning so Records always go out the window when it comes to that, even when we were having our measure of success over at Andrus. The the record did not matter when it came to being able to play Chapin High School. It was about that night. It That was about pride and that was being about being able to walk around the Northeast and say, yes, we're we're the champions around here. And to bring that here, again, Coach speaks on this all the time. Iron sharpens iron. Coach, coach Forbes with the boys and Coach Wallace, who's our very good friend over there with the girls, um, we know what they're bringing every night. And we have to be prepared to match that and then exceed it if we want to be able to have our measure of success too. So as, they're, as they've been you know, the standard bearer for a little bit longer than, than we have, then you know we need to up our games. So we're going we're gonna to do what we can to make it difficult on their part. And then they're going to do what they can to make it difficult for us. And before you know it, both of these schools in the Northeast should be dominating. And we're just looking to make sure we get two wins. Other than that, we want them to be as successful as us. We'll see you in the regional finals. That's my mentality towards it. Coach Wallace and myself, we're either going to be the one or the two. And then we are looking to see each other in the regional final every year, because that's what it should be.
0: For. And, and you, you bring that up. And I don't, I don't want people watching this to think that we're overlooking the other programs in El Paso. America no, has a really good program. Mm-hmm. Burgess on the girls' side has a really good program. Yes, sir. Always. And Just from the outside looking in, is there enough to prepare you guys once you get out of district play, getting into regionals? Like on a day-to-day basis, when you play the regular season, how do you guys keep your players looking at the bigger prize? Because um, I mean, there are some games that you guys are gonna play that if you wanted to, you could be you could win by fifty. Mm-hmm. And so, how do you take? those and there's lessons learned in those games but how do you take that and kind of like what coach Lewis was talking about when you get into the sweet 16 and it's constant pressure and you haven't seen that all year and you can't replicate it how do you prepare for that
2: for me um I I have to turn the intensity of practices up and we have to go against each other um for most of the year uh, until it was brought to my attention I, I was usually trying to keep my five together but then if my five is together then practices are not as intense yeah. as they as they could be because they are dominating my bench yeah. guys so now you have to mix it up and, and challenge put more challenges out there for me on game days i try to present challenges and more on the defensive end like here's the number we're not giving up and if we do we're going to pay for that practice with some sprints or some extra work or some some bear crawls or whatever um, kind of punishment kids don't like so they can try to insist. So I try to make my challenges more defensively. We're both defensive minded coaches and then the buckets will come um, off of that. But it's, it's so difficult. You have to adjust to refereeing. You have to adjust to no fans. And so kids are kids. So, you know, they're gonna go here and then if they look up and it's early, for my team at least, we we had a, we always had a drop, and we talk about it all the time. And by the time the fourth quarter come, they're looking to throw lobs and, and not play the game right. But then down the line, they can bite you in the butt. Um, so this year, we won't make those same mistakes. So that's for me. I don't know for you. Um, it, it very much mirrors that. Um,
1: you, you have to take the lessons that you can learn from each game. There are things that you can take out of everything. I think being consistent within your style of play matters. Um, and then having basic standards for the way that you go about it, not necessarily worrying about scoreboards. Um, if, if, in practice, if you if you're if you're working, you know, a lot of the time, yeah, you put you put a score to it, you know, and we're concentrating on that. Who's gonna win? But that ups the level of the play amongst the, the girls that are there within the practice. That's great. Now all of a sudden in games there are times in which you don't get as much resistance as you would at a practice. So Really, it's about the way you go about it every day. Looking at those behaviors, paying attention to those things—those are the things that I know I concentrate on, and continuing to up the level of that. And then, not only my expectation, can the girls begin to hold each other accountable to those things as well? The moment that they start doing that, then the standard is truly raised. The less we have to speak, and the more the students can take care of it themselves, then we know we've got something special, and um, we're building towards that every day. And hopefully, you know, we get to that point where the kids take full accountability. They take. They, take the, they become the heavies. They become, begin to look at each other and say, no, you can do better than that. No, you're more capable than, of, of, of performing than this. And when we get to that level, then we know we've affected it. Until then, we have to be the example.
0: Yep.
1: That'll make us good. When the kids start doing it, then we can be great. And um, But again, it starts with a consistency from us and the staffs every day and our expectation level. Once they buy into it and decide to take ownership of it, be happy to get out of the way, fold my arms, put my leg up, and enjoy the show.
0: So, Coach, Coach Weaver, you had to replace a big-time guard from that graduated this last year. Went to Texas A&M Kingsville, correct? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. You had a lot of players that stepped up and filled that void that she left. Um, how did that happen? Like, like was that something that you identified as saying, "I think that this player can happen," or did it just organically happen in a team that?
1: someone stepped up. Um I'll say it in a couple of ways. You win games with teams, you don't win games with players. You need talent, but yep. when they are a team you can you can win at a high level. Um the first name I'll put out is Selena Salaya. She was one, uh, one of our senior captains. Um she created an atmosphere where we were going to play as a unit as, as a group. We were going to do it more as a collective group. Okay? So that meant that girls were gonna to have to sacrifice what it is that they did individually to make sure that we as a group were successful. I mean, even within your own team, our best player was a third team or all city because we had distributed numbers. You're not gonna have that poke out performance all the time. Exactly. However, Brianna Montoya is a junior, is an all state player through TGCA. and And the girl can go get buckets anytime she wants. She's clutch and she's a winner. She had proven that the last couple of years in the playoffs as a freshman, she got 20. Eastwood for that by district win the next year she did it again and that was with a young lady that can score at a very high level. One of the best guards to come out of El Paso in quite some time in Annalise. So the belief was already there. They knew they could play and then you supplement that with five sophomores that can really get after it. When you have that combination and they all agree to play together like we were talking about a moment ago, that culture, that buy into each other. We were it wasn't about replacing one player. It was about creating an atmosphere where everyone felt the oppor- that they had the opportunity to affect the game in their talents. They didn't have to do anything outside of their talent level. Just do what you do well. And if you can do those things, trust each other, we will be successful as a group. So it wasn't about necessarily replacing one player, because you don't replace a talent like that. You just buy into each other and find a way to win together. And that's what those young ladies did better than anything else. Their best skill this year was their ability to be great teammates. So that, that helped us win games.
0: And that's kind of really what I wanted to get out there, mm-hmm. was they bought in. Oh, absolutely. And and you're, and you're absolutely correct. Um, with all the success that y'all had this year, it wasn't just one player. It was a collective group.
1: Yes, sir. It was somebody each night. You know, it, Jasmine Holt comes up and all of a sudden has a dominant performance, almost triple doubles a few times in big time games. You could always hand the ball to Brianna Montoya with four minutes left. She's going to close games in tight scenarios. You get, you, we had contributions from all over the place. Giselle Vega hitting threes. Madeline with her energy off the bench. Sam Triana as a young sophomore is really beginning to grow as a player. And then Natalie and, and, uh, and Luna both being dogged defenders our prospects are very very high very very quickly for this group and there's no reason to think anything other than we're going to continue to be successful as we begin to add more talent and they buy into that culture once they buy in they the the standard is already set and and it's going to lead to nothing but more more and more winning and hopefully more and more playoff success as well
0: nice and coach lewis are being <coughs> You had one of the, you have I won't say one of the best. You had probably the best player in the city in KJ on your team. And the growth that I saw from him from freshman to sophomore year was a big leap and he made the kind of growth that I thought he needed to make to position himself to really be a division 1 student, student athlete. And that was Trusting his teammates. Yes, sir. Um, his freshman year, I think he tried to do a lot himself. Sure. And when you have that kind of talent, it's hard not to. Right. And just looking at your roster, I mean, it, it was, you had a lot of players. Mm-hmm. It's probably the best way I could put it. You had a lot of basketball players that understood the game, accepted their roles, yes, they did. and bought into your team concept. With KJ being a shiny centerpiece of the ring, but there was a lot of, a lot of diamonds around that ring. Oh, yeah. And so, how did that come about? Like, I, I get it, especially with boys, you can see talent, but with our egos, it's like, but I'm, I'm, I'm good as well. Mm-hmm. And so, that buy-in process, how did that work for you guys?
2: Um, it started last year, um, th- the way we lost, um against wichita falls right in the area around kj fouled out um and we just couldn't get over the hump and and what he realized was throughout the regular season when i did not trust him this is the position that we're in because now i'm on the bench and i need to trust them to try to get us to the next round so i can be better the next game well that didn't happen so and he had to look with in, himself to say well, i need to trust them more so if i do get put in a position they can still perform um and then you have mikey herrera who who people don't know all year when we were saying social media wise and and, and to the media that we had something to play for well he lost his mom over the summer before this this uh season and then he caught caught um uh, COVID, which kept him out a little bit longer than normal mm-hmm. Uh, because he tested positive twice. It was another test and then he tested again. I guess he's one of those kids that's going to consistently have positive uh, test results. But we didn't know that at the time. So he had to sit out even longer. Mind you, he was my starting point guard my first two years. And then we get to transfer Mateo Burchell from Kenya Till. At Kenya Till, he's the number one guy. He had to come in. And, and throughout the year find his niche with our team knowing that I, I returned five starters. Yep. And he found his way in, he got to the starting position because of Mikey. And when Mikey came back and Mikey did not fight at all or did not complain at all about his starting position back. And he understood where we were at and accepted his role. That's when you know you had a team. And then when you start hearing our guys start regurgitating the things we say about we're doing this for something bigger you hear their conversation you read their you read their quotes and then you go okay now now we're on to something so then the talk becomes we're not losing in the round we are in we knew coming in how good we were going to be despite what the city may have said we knew that we were going to be special this year Um, and the funny thing is we feel the same way this year as we did last year we felt like we left one there and that's going to just make us want to come back and do it all over again, and we'll grow. The maturity of KJ, along with the maturity of Manny, the maturity of Antoine, who can, who can actually, both of those guys are really, really good. If we yeah. put them on any other team, their numbers are going to be much better. Mateo, if he would have stayed at you Till. He may not have advanced like we did this year, but he probably would have put up 20-something points a game. So you yep. take those three guys in itself which is why they are getting the the accolades they're getting on making first team and second team all city and and um with kj getting all state and all that you, you know those four guys sacrifice a lot along with mikey herrera and and james Holmes. it just made for winning and it then it becomes easy like you said once you get the team to buy in even though kj is is the lead dog what those guys understood and what was established right away as soon as the news came out that kj was top 25 we had to have a talk so at practice i just sat him down and said yo this is not just for him this is for you guys too because the thing about this pandemic every game is being streamed yeah so people are watching the top 25 kids but there's somebody watching you 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 you, and you too and then you can just start seeing so from there antoine was like okay well this guy is He's the dog. I'm the, I'm the lead dog. I'm gonna be the one with with the stat line going this way. I don't care about my numbers going this way. So that's why he's averaging 10, 6, 5, 4. You know, his numbers are ridiculously long. Yeah. KJ numbers are ridiculously high. He accepted that, which made them to me the best backcourt in the state. Then Manny knew his role. Like, okay, well, all I gotta do go is sit over here and work on my jumper, work on some one dribble, two dribble pull-ups. It became easy. And then Mattel just, it's a Swiss Army knife. He just filled in everywhere. And it just worked out for us. It worked out for us. And the two games where it didn't it, are the two games that we lost this year. But for the, for the most part, those guys brought in and, and we wouldn't be sitting here talking about me as being coach of the year or anything like that if it wasn't for those uh, six, seven guys saying, we need to be a team. Nice,
0: yep. nice. Well, gentlemen, we'll wrap this up. You guys got any closing thoughts, remarks you want to make?
1: Um, nothing other than thank you for doing what you do for the high school sports here in El Paso. Uh, this is very much needed, um, and we appreciate the love at Chapin High School, simply because we know that um, without this type of exposure, people aren't going to understand that there are flowers out here in the desert in El Paso. Um, you know we have we have players we have kids with mentalities that really can get out of here and go be successful later on in, in their careers outside of high school if they really want to, and um, that belief and having that structure around them matters. So what you're doing is great for us. And um, at Chapin High School, you know we're gonna we're gonna continue to do what we do every day. It's it's the process of getting better every day and empowering these kids to you know achieve dreams and not put their not put their self-worth in the opinions of others, but in the work that they do with each other every day. You know, your family is your family. They're the ones that you can depend on. And the family at Chapin High School is very strong, and we're looking to continue to do our thing. So thank you for what you do.
2: Echo his sentiments. Thank you for what you are doing. It, and you know, i will talk to you a lot and, and listen to you, because most people don't like to talk and have conversations, but listen to you and the conversations we've had. I, I love your vision. And the city needs to open up their minds because it's not about we, it's about the kids. And coaches need to understand that it's, once we get past this little little corner of the state, the other rest of the state is so far ahead of us in a lot of areas. And when we don't come together as one, as coaches to talk and put things in perspective, then we're cheating kids. It's not about who's the best coach or whatever. Those awards are good, but I'm looking at my award as I had a great team this year. Who's to say what's going to be next year? So for this moment, that award means my team was the best and I happen to be the coach and I'm honored for, for my community, my school and everybody else. However, we all need to get on board and try to figure out what we need to do to, to, to ride whoever's the best team, whether it be Americas, Chapin, Andrews, or so on, whoever that team is, we need to support this guy and this man and his vision and support that team and try to get that team to make a run because we have the talent here to get to the next level and be consistent at it. But we have to do better. We have to have a vision like you to step outside ourselves and our egos and and, and put forth effort to put our kids in position to be uh, recognized throughout the state. So thank you very much.
0: I'm humbled, gentlemen, um, that you guys would say that uh, we started this, like I said, we had conversations as as a platform to be able to really put student athletes and El Paso out there on a national national level, um, and so to hear you guys noticing what we're doing and backing what we're doing, greatly appreciate it, and um, we're going to continue doing this. Yes, um, we're going to continue the interviews, the awards, um, the magazine. It's 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 all coming. So. We're definitely excited about it. But folks, this has been another episode of Borderland Sports Report. Thank you for tuning in. Have a blessed day. ACC.
2: ACC.